Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 7 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Every week, we watch an episode of the show, and we share our thoughts with you. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm great. Great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, Dave, every week I ask how you are, and you always say great, and then I always say great. And then there's always this pause where neither of us know which one is supposed to pick up. Right. Well, you know, it just seems like I, I'm not sure how to, like, things are good. It's like when mom and dad call. I don't Okay, if you were a young person and you were listening to this, you may be going through a period in your life where, like, every time somebody talks to you, they're like, what's up? And you're like, oh, this new and strange thing is happening in my life. You know, I'm graduating high school, or I'm going to college, or I'm graduating college, or like I got my first job, or I got my first apartment, or like whatever. Yeah, when you're 20, you're doing a lot of things for the first time. Yeah, exactly. By the time you hit, um, I'm about to turn 32 in uh, a couple weeks here, in about a month, actually. I'm actually pretty jazzed about it. I, along with Pete Holmes, I'm real into being in my 30s. Um, then I'm having a great party, Matt, which, of course, uh, you're going to be at. But Of course. When you hit your 30s, people ask, they're like, so, what's new? And the answer is usually like, well, nothing. <laughs> like, you just keep, this, this day is more or less like the last day. Like, I woke up, and I went to work, and I... You know, and I'm lucky. I really enjoy my job. But, like, I went up and I got to work and I came home and I ate dinner and I, like, took care of my house. And then, you know, okay, most people do not then record an episode of Super Sentai Brothers. I guess you and I are literally I, unique in the world in man, that I regard. I really hope we are because if there are a bunch of other people also recording this show, it's going to be weird. That is too much competition for me. Yeah, man, I can't, can't handle that. So, anyways, but I am great. Uh, thank you for asking. Okay. This week, we're watching episode 7 of Die Ranger. But, before we do that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? I'll tell you what, Matt. I'll tell you what. My first star of the week, and I'm actually enjoying this star as we speak, uh, my lovely wife, who I'm sure I've spoken of, and actually you have listeners have met her, because she was on the guest episode. She got me a bottle of scotch, to which I am partial, but... Scotch in general is what I'm partial to. But she got me a bottle of Laphroaig, uh, triple wood, and it is an Illa Scotch, which means, if you are not familiar with scotches, that it is sort of uh, smoky and iodine-y, and uh, it's got a lot of flavor. It's like, it's like drinking a campfire at the seaside. Is, is I think, the closest experience to it. And so I'm enjoying some of that now, and it is gosh darn fantastic, Matt. Let oh, me tell you. Lovely. Yeah, it's really excellent. Next time you're over, I'll pour you some. Uh, also, Lefroig, if you would like to sponsor the show, we would accept that. Uh, but <laughs> my wife made some hot chocolate last night, and we put a little of the Lefroig in that, and it was hot chocolate. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is every bit as good as you wanted it to be, or as you would expect that it would be, I guess. Um, so that's my first star of the week, man. Laphroaig Triplewood. If you are a Scotch fan, you should go out and drink some. If you're not a Scotch fan, I maybe would not start with Laphroaig Triplewood. It's a pretty, it's like an intense experience. Like, it's not like a level one Scotch, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of want to build up to it, but it's totally worth it. Really, really excellent. So that's my first star, Laphroaig Triplewood. So the second star of the week is that, and it's something I mentioned briefly in the last episode, but I've been taking public transport into work. Okay, that sounds uh, like a treasure trove of horrors. Um, it's not, oh, it is a treasure trove, it's not all horrors. What? Well, that's good to know. And Dave, are you ready for some groundbreaking comedy bits here? Because I feel like talking about public transport is something that, it's a very deep <laughs> vein of comedy. And I feel like nobody's really been mining it yet. So I want to get in on the get in on the ground floor on this one. Well, you know, that's a goal of ours here, Matt. I think it's to it's to break new ground and do observational comedy about the RTA. What's the deal with buses? 
Okay. I wonder if Seinfeld still opens his act that way. Like, I wonder if Seinfeld still does Seinfeld. Does that make sense? Man, why wouldn't he? Seinfeld is perfect at being Seinfeld. I know. I just wonder if he's tired of being like the, so what's the deal with dentists or whatever? You know what I mean? Or if he has like a new, like a new thing that he does. I, mean, I, I would be, I would be happy either does. way. I would be happy either way. I think the new thing he does is like not do anything and just enjoy his extravagant life. Okay, well that's a good thing to do. I would probably do that if I had the option. Okay, so Matt, taking okay. the RTA into work. Tell me about this. Okay, because this so. is something I have been on a bus. I, I seriously, I think I've been on a bus maybe like four or five times in my whole life. Well, I tell you, it's not something I had done in Cleveland in ages. Like, really, yeah. just years and years. Um, but it, as it happens, there is a bus stop on the corner of my street. Okay. And the bus that stops there also dr- stops right outside my office. That's fantastic. So you don't even have to stop, like, make any transfers. You just, it's one bus and you're good. One bus, two stops, done. It's oh, that's fantastic. But uh, here are some things that I have noticed about the uh, Greater Cleveland Area's Regional Transit Authority. Okay. One, uh, Dave, I don't know if you have ever really wanted to see a bunch of different and new and interesting ways that one person can sit in two seats at the same time. I, I confess that that's not something that I had known that I wanted to see, but now that you mention it, I sort of do, actually. Well, if you ever do, uh, can I please recommend the RTA? Because there's, it's really amazing how many different ways there are for one person to occupy a <laughs> For one seat. person to be a complete jerk. So um, there's, there's your basic options, of course, which is just like putting right. your bag in your seat next to you, which is fine. Yeah. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty basic. Number two is that you can just sit in one seat but try to sit sort of wide enough that the seat next to you is very uninviting. Okay. And option number three, and this is really like the master class, is that instead of sitting in okay. one seat and bleeding into the other, you just turn sideways and sit in both seats at the same time as though the row of seats is in fact a sideways chaise lounge that the RTA has been so kind to provide you that you could recline on your way into work. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that seems comfortable at least, right? Yeah, I mean, for them, sure. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, it sounds great. So, so imagine that you're on the bus, um, but you're not loving it. Okay. There is an option to fill out a, a review card and send it into the RTA. And I noticed this on the bus today because I was looking up Basically, the ceiling of the bus, which okay. is where the comment cards are posted. Now, I'm a tall guy, Dave. I'm like, you know, 6'2 yeah. ish. I could right. reach these cards if I really wanted to. But they, it is the only way in the bus that you can get to the cards. They're not posted anywhere else. And they're literally like glued to the ceiling of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to like get up there and tear them off. You either need to get somebody to boost you up or, like, climb up, like, the support poles or something. It's... Jeez. It's beautiful. I can just imagine the guy putting it up there, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a lot of these comment cards back. Okay. That's really all I have on the RTA. It's, you know. Uh, So, Dave, what's uh, what's our third star of the week? Third star of the week, man. All right. I'm going to have to admit to being a little bit embarrassed by this, but it's so good I don't care. I have been reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's not the embarrassing part. It's not embarrassing that I've been reading it. What's embarrassing no, is that I've actually... It's October now. This is, this What's is Dracula, up? This is the Dracula time of year. Right, I know, right. I, I actually had a student show up to class uh, yesterday in a tiny Jack Skellington top hat and announced that today was the first day of Halloween. Or yesterday, or like at the time. She was like, today is the first day of Halloween, as though like the entire month of October is Halloween. But, so I'm sure, reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. And again, that's not the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part is that I've never read Bram Stoker's Dracula before now. Dave, which I, I, what's up? Uh, can I be very frank with you? You may. I've also never read Dracula. Well, Matt, let me tell you, 
lo and behold, this classic of Western literature is pretty fantastic. No way! Uh, yeah, blowing your mind, right? This single novel that has spawned like an entire genre of fiction and countless adaptations in film and TV is actually pretty darn good, Matt. <laughs> but it is. It's really we great. something new every day. I know. No, I'm super enjoying it. It's really, really good. If you haven't read it, which you've just admitted that you haven't, I do recommend that you go out and read it. Also, speaking of Dracula, uh, there is a new Dracula movie coming out called Dracula... Dracula Untold? I don't remember. It's like superhero Dracula. He's like super crazy. There's like a part where he has... I haven't seen it yet. I just saw the preview. But like... He has a flock of bats. A flock? Is that what's called? Is it, what do you call a group of bats? Man, is that I don't a flock? know, but I'm almost positive it's not flock. Okay, let's go with a um, a horror of bats. I'm if that's not horror. the term, not until yeah, if that wasn't the term, then it should be now. A horror of bats. So, uh, there's listeners, just... if you have any suggestions as to what a group of bats should be called, uh, <laughs> write in and let us know. You should. You tweet. You could tweet at us. Yeah, at, at Super, Super Sentai, Sentai Bros. Bros. So. Yeah, so he's got like a horror of bats and that is like shaped like his fist and he's like standing up on a mountain and he's like punching the ground and the bats are like punching an army. I don't even know. It looks fantastic. I'm kind of a sucker for anything where people have superpowers, so I'm really looking forward to this movie. Especially yeah. when Draculas have superpowers. Especially when Draculas have superpowers. So that's my third star of the week is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Totally loving it. All right, so the uh, my fourth star of the week, and I know this is something that you've been watching too, is that season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just started up. Oh, yeah. I actually just finished watching the second episode before we started doing this. Oh, nice. What'd you think? I really liked it. Yeah, um, I'm not going to go into any of the plot stuff for spoilers if anyone hasn't watched it yet. Um, and I know that parts of the first season were pretty weak. And that I watched it anyway, because I'm a huge mark for Marvel stuff. Yeah, definitely. The second half of the first season was legitimately good. And the second season is starting off just as good as that. I'm really pleased. Yeah, super, really, really enjoying it. Listen, okay, I, I will say this one thing. It has Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man, and he spins around a wrecking ball. Yeah, if you can't get behind that... I, I don't even know what you're doing yeah. with your life. <laughs> well, you know, something that I really appreciate about the S.H.I.E.L.D. show, and it's actually something I'm really digging about the greater Marvel Universe, is I do feel like they're doing a really solid job of taking those things from the comics that everybody knows and loves, putting a new spin on them, not totally divorcing from the source material, but they are taking like a new and cool and interesting look at things. You know, and things are a little bit different. And they're familiar enough that comics fans are having fun and enjoying them. And there's, you know, nods to those nods to that group of people. But it's not they're not giving us the exact same thing. And I think comic nerds feel like they would be like they feel like they want a direct adaptation of the comics to movies. And I we don't. I think that would actually be ultimately kind of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, you don't want a direct adaptation, because honestly, if you want exactly what's in the comic books, you can just go read those comic books. Yeah, why bother? They're really good. Yeah, it's so much better to have something that is, it's cool and it's fun and you sort of know what's happening, but it's new and it's interesting and there's surprises. And I think that ultimately is what they're doing. I think they're doing a really great job of it. So, you know, I, along with like the rest of the civilized world, think the new Marvel movies are great. Oh, dude, speaking of the Marvel movies... Yeah. This will be the last star of the week. So guess who I did not see last night? Who uh, did you not? Okay. That's kind to, of a weird question to To be ask. fair, it's someone that I don't see every day, but... I have no idea where you're going with this. Um, I mean, there's literally, you know, most, close okay, to 7 so billion people, people on the planet the that you could have not seen last night. I did not see, see yesterday, so I guess it's sort of an unfair question. But the okay. particular person that I'm upset that I didn't see yesterday okay. is that star of stage and screen and bit player in the Guardians of the Galaxy, John C. Riley, last night was at my favorite bar, and I wasn't there. Oh, no way! That's of all the nights awful. that I don't go to that place. Yeah, you're there. Not, like, all the time, but, like, not infrequently. Enough that there's a pretty good chance that if somebody famous and beloved walks in, I might see them. 
And it's happened a few times now with people that I sort of don't know and don't care about. Okay. But this time, this time I missed it. And Oh, that's uh, super lame. John C. Riley is a fantastic actor. I, I guess, okay, I guess here is the uh, the lesson to take from this, is if you ever are driving home from your Dunstan Dragons night and you're driving past your favorite bar and you think, do I want to stop in there for a drink? And then you decide to be responsible and go home and go to sleep. Don't, Don't. do that, because you might miss out on John C. Riley. Right! You could have met John C. Riley. Uh. Oh, man, that's so... I really like John C. Riley. You know... One of my favorite roles that John C. Riley ever did is um, when he was in Chicago. He just he nailed it so hard. He was such a fantastic uh, part in that. Oh, dude, he's hilarious, but he's also like a, a legit great actor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to say as though I don't want anything I say to possibly be construed as you know besmirching the reputation of the great John C. Riley. I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, yeah. Okay, so those are our five stars. <laughs> Okay, five stars. Um, I feel like there was like four stars and then like a mega star. I feel like the stars should be positive things, and you really brought star. us down. Yeah, things were going really well, and then you dropped some real bummer news on us. So okay, well, so thanks um, for that. Let me cheer you up. We are about to watch episode seven of Ghostly Sentai Die Ranger. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if Die Ranger doesn't cheer you up again, I'm just I'm not sure what you're doing with your life. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with the review. Okay, so welcome back. Uh, we just finished watching episode seven. Dude, it is a doozy. You were not kidding. Yeah, um, by the way, real quick correction. Last episode, I said that this was the first of a three-parter. I looked into it and realized that I was totally wrong. It's the first of a two-parter. Okay, even so. Dave, why don't you hit us with a quick synopsis? Yeah, absolutely. So we open with the Goma Commanders, and we find out that they are not the biggest, baddest game in town. We see the entrance of two new villains that go on to fight the Die Rangers and uh, Kaku, the sensei guy. And then there's a big, big story twist reveal at the very end, which we will tell you when we get there. Okay, so let's get into it now. First of all, it starts on the Goma Commanders that we've been following thus far. Okay, Matt, I'm actually going to jump back for just a second. It actually does not start on the Goma Commanders. It starts on the, on the orbs, man. Like these orbs, like giant orbs just hovering over the city of Tokyo. No one's done anything about them. They're just chilling out. They never reference it at all. It drives me you a know, tiny I... bit insane. <laughs> I sort of forgot to mention them because every time they come up, there's such a non-thing that I almost forget that they're there. Yeah, they never even explain what they are. At first, I thought they were like ships or something, but we never see the Goma Commanders on them. They're always clearly just like a warehouse or something. So these orcs... No, they're never on those ships. The only vehicles that we ever see the Goma Commanders in is like a 92 Camry. We see them driving around in cars all the yeah, time. <laughs> we have no idea what is up with these orbs. Are they ships? Are they dimensional portals? Are they weapons? Nothing. Like at no point is there any ever ever any single reference to what the heck these orbs are as, a, as a, aside from just there. That's what they are. They are there. So then we go into the Goma Commanders. I just wanted to make that part about the orbs, man. No, I get it, man. That is uh, that is a mystery. So <laughs> okay. we, we move into the Goma Commanders, and uh, Shadam, the head guy with the mask that makes it sort of look like he has an eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, like a weird guy, metal ring thing. He's pissed off because we are now, this is the seventh episode of the show, and they haven't been able to beat the Dire Rangers yet. And they are beginning to get frustrated because they keep losing and the die rangers just keep getting stronger every right they i think he references like oh they managed to wake up all the kaiden beasts that's no good uh you know this is really this is really bad and so they're trying to figure out what to do when suddenly we are introduced to two new villains uh well okay first i think the entrance the entrance for these two new villains is really cool we just hear like weird drum beats or something 
And then, and the Goma commanders are looking around nervous. Like, they're freaking out. They don't know what's happening. So I think that's a really good intro for, like, something crazy is about to happen. Because the Goma commanders themselves are like, ooh, no, what's about to happen? So I thought that was pretty cool. It is cool. And so what happens is, like, out of the mists that suddenly appear... <laughs> right, uh, are a bunch of Kodapodoros carrying, like, a palanquin. And throwing flower petals. Flower, th- like, strewing the way with flower petals. Rolling, they, I think they literally roll out a red carpet. They do. They totally roll out a red carpet. And out of the palanquin comes a, what is it, like a Shinto priest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I only know that because I, like, watched anime when I was younger, I think, as we've discussed. But I, it, my, okay, my first thought was that he was like a member of the Ku Klux Klan. I was like, because he's got this huge, like, white hood. Right. On. I was like, why is that? Japan, that is not appropriate. Maybe you don't know what's up with the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, wait. He's like a Shinto priest, and they have, like, these giant pointy hats. Um, but yeah, so he is some he sort is of. He's an entirely priest. different sort of grand wizard. Right. This one is an actual wizard. And so he starts yelling at the commanders, and. What he starts to say is that they have been screwing up and he's here to help. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this is that this is the first indication we ever get that Shadam, Zydos, and Gara are not the leaders of the Goma. Yeah, because the guy says, no, 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 one of, the, one of the Goma commanders, I can't remember which one, he says, oh, no, we've been assigned to this task. Like, this was our job. We're supposed to take care of it, which is mind-blowing. Never before has there been any reference, as you said, that anybody is in charge of this thing other than these three dudes, or two dudes and a lady, or whatever. So as it turns out, they're not in charge, they're just the field commanders. Yeah, there is... And there's a whole higher structure sort of above them that is telling them, like, oh, go... Mess with the Die Rangers, right. And there, there is a dude named Goma. Like, they're not just the Goma commanders in the sense that they are monsters. There is a dude... They say, like, the, the priest says, like, Goma is really angry at you guys. Which is the first we've heard about this. Goma is the name of the race. It's also the name of the leader. Right, which we had no idea. All we knew is that it was the name of the monsters themselves. So, out of the blue, there's this entire other separate structure. No explanation. That, by the way, is all the explanation that we get. Nothing. The, ex- the explanation we get is nothing. Like they say, here's a guy, and he's in charge, and we are left wondering (laughs) yet again what the heck is happening. And so the dude in the robe is like the high priest of the Goma, and he says, well, it's okay, I'm here to help. I have brought my apprentice. Yeah. Oh, this guy is cool. And the apprentice walks out, and he is um, he's named Iron Mask. He is dressed in, like, this really rad-looking all-black armor. He has a huge sword. Yeah, he's, like, um, he kind of, he gives me a real vibe of, like, uh, like medieval Chinese Darth Vader, sort of. Okay, yeah, 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 I totally hear that. You know, like, black armor, looks real crazy, mask, sword. And so, this guy rolls in, Zydos is having none of it, tries to shoot some sort of uh, dark chi bolt at him. Yeah, he's the furious. Dude just knocks it away, like, backhands the chi bolt away, it blows through the wall. No, he actually, he, um, he, like, he Darth Vader's it. Like, he catches it in his palm. I actually have in my notes, it just says, dude just straight Darth vader that blast. Yeah, he catches it in his palm and, like, knocks it away. And then uh, the high priest shoots some electricity, some, like, evil electricity at Zydos. Uh, these guys are clearly in charge. Yeah, like, who are these dudes? We have seen these guys. Uh, the Goma commanders, that is. Like, really wreck shop. And these dudes just come in and, like, give them what fur, like, without even trying. And so that's all we get on those guys right now. Then the scene cuts to Ryu. Yeah, Ryu and some chick. We don't know. Well, we'll find out in a second. That is Ryu's sister. Right. Which has never been mentioned. There's zero mention. Just, okay. I feel like this is this is weird to me. Because normally, like, this is a children's show, right? Right. And you think of children's shows, or at least I think of children's shows, as being, like, really careful to make sure that, like, everything is explained so the kids can follow along and, like, everybody knows what's happening and it's not confusing for the children. 
Giant Ranger seems to take the exact opposite approach. <laughs> like, I feel like their philosophy, I guess, of programming is like, eh, the kids are hardly paying attention anyways. Just throw whatever in there. That's what they don't care. Like, here's this guy's sister. She never existed before. Here she is. And I'm going to go out on a big limb and say we never see her again. Um, I can't necessarily confirm that, but I can't. I also can't think of another episode that she shows up in. Right. This is what I'm saying. There's all these characters. It's like, uh, what's her name? Megumi, the girl who got part of the Devil Choir. Like, she's in the show, and then she's gone forever. <laughs> There's nothing left of Megumi. Okay, so anyways. Yeah, and what's weird about that is that since it's his sister, it made me realize, like, at this point, we don't actually know much about any of these characters other than that they are Die Rangers. Yeah, we don't know any. Okay, we know that, like, we know their jobs, and sure, that's, like, kind of it, actually. So we know about as much as we would know if they had handed us their business card, and we've been watching them for going on. This is our seventh episode. <laughs> right. These... Okay, so, I'm sorry. So Ryu and his sister... Uh, they're in a graveyard. Yeah. They're lighting some incense. They are at uh, what is soon revealed to be their parents' graves. And the girl is laughing, which I thought was weird. And Ryu has, he's like, hey, why are you laughing? And she's like, you just never come visit our parents. Ha ha ha. I was like, that doesn't seem like something you should be laughing about, Ryu's sister. Yeah, it's sort of a weird moment. And so Ryu starts telling her that he's been having these dreams about their dad... And how, you know, his dad apparently was, uh, died when Ryu was very yeah, young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His sister was really just a newborn. Right. Um, oh, there's a flashback. So there's a flashback of Ryu as a child running to his father on the beach. And he says that in the dream, he always sees his father and he runs to him. But when he gets there, he can never remember what his face looks like. <laughs> he gets sort of maudlin for a second. Right, wait, I want to point something out uh, real quickly about this flashback right so this show okay. is done the show is done in like early what was it 92 93 right 93 okay 93 and i think that's pretty like the the costuming is very period appropriate like it's clearly you know it's very dated you know shoji is like rolling around in overalls uh you know ryu has on like a bright white like a white windbreaker it's like really clearly like early 90s style fashion oh yeah however however in the flashback, which takes place, so we would assume that Ryu is how old? Like 20-ish? Let's say he's 20, 20. yeah. Right? So in the flashback, like little kid Ryu is maybe like three, right? Mm-hmm. So that means the flashback took place 17 years ago. Okay, so we would assume Ryu to be, what, 20 years old? That seems yeah, reasonable, right? And so the flashback, he's maybe like three, and... So this flashback takes place 70, 17 years ago, right? And so if it's 19, what was it, 93, right, in the show? 93. Uh-huh. So it's 1976, right? Yeah, 1976 in the flashback. Ryu's family is really fashion forward because they are absolutely just wearing clothes from, like, 1993. There is no way that they are wearing 1976 fashions in that, uh, in that flashback. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only way that you know that it's a flashback and not just a picture of somebody on the beach is that they say, hey, this is a flashback. (laughs) They just tell you, like, hey, flashback time, everybody. Okay. So, okay. So, we, but we don't see dad's, we don't see dad's face. There's like sun behind it and we have no idea what's going on. Okay. Right. Okay. So, scene break. We see Rin and Shoji out shopping. Shoji absolutely trying to horn in on Ryu's girl. Like, <laughs> he's got all the packages. He's just carrying them around for Rin. Uh, Rin is, like, traipsing about this sort of outdoor market thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, ladies be shopping. Right. Ladies be shopping. <laughs> right. So, where he was, and he actually complains. He's like, I'm not even your boyfriend. I shouldn't be carrying these things. And I think everybody's response to that is, shut up, Shoji. You do what you're told. <laughs> You're the worst ranger. You're still working off your, like, terrible mojo from a few episodes ago. And he doesn't quit. He does do something terrible later on this episode. Just in case you were worried that Shoto was going to disappoint and be, like, a hero the whole way through. He's not. Okay. So, they are, you know, they kind of 
are shopping and then they walk past some stand and they see these kids and they like run up and they're like, we want treats. I don't know what the treat is that they want, but this is where things get nuts. Oh yeah. So one of those little kids just lifts up in the air. Like it's as though somebody grabs the back of his pants, like an invisible hand is giving him an atomic wedgie (laughs) and lifts him up in the air and just starts flying down the street. Did I ever tell you one time it was in high school? And I want to tell you, this was not... I think we just wanted to see if it could actually happen. Um, it was a small... It was one of the smaller guys in our class. And I want to re, I want to emphasize, this was not... I was a giant nerd in high school. This is not me, like, picking... This guy was very popular. He was much cooler than I was, in fact. And we were, like, goofing around in gym class. And the subject of wedges came up, and I was just like, I bet I could give you an atomic wedge. Like, I bet I could lift you up off the ground by your underwear. And people were like, no, no way, that could never actually happen. And he was just like, all right, let's try. And I totally did. Um, this, we- That's the joy of high school, is that, like, someone was like, oh, yeah, just go ahead, give it a shot. <laughs> right, give it a shot. Um, I'm sure that some people receive wedgies as a form of cruel torture, and that's awful if that's ever happened to you. I'm really sorry. Uh, this was not that. I want to be really super duper clear that this is not what happened. This was literally just like a lighthearted experiment to see if you could actually give someone an atomic wedgie. And it turns out that you can. And so that, that very thing happens to this kid, this right? poor kid. Yeah, he, he goes crazy, man. He like goes street. flying off. He's like off the ground, carried by invisible forces. Rin and Shoji clearly showing progress over their performance in the previous episodes. Immediately noticed that something weird is going on. Right. Had to investigate. Amazingly, they managed to notice when something strange has happened literally right in front of them. So they go chasing down the street. They catch the kid. And as they catch the kid, Dave, I don't know um, if we've covered where they are right now. They were just in a shopping plaza. They ran down the street, maybe a block or two. Now they're in an abandoned industrial <laughs> they uh, are, yeah. like, parkway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's an abandoned crane that is just holding a couple of I-beams. For no reason. I mean, presumably for some sort of construction at some point in the future, but there's no one there there's now. Nothing, there's nothing there now. It is the middle of the day, the exact time that you would imagine people be working. There's nobody. And then the abandoned crane just drops all of its I-beams, trying to crush uh, the two Die Rangers and the kid. They dive out of the way. Shoji looks at the crane. There's no one in it. They're trying to figure out what's happening. And then out of the mist comes the Iron Mask. Yeah, man. Just looking ominous. So they, uh, they aura change. They try to fight. Rin opens up with, like, wind powers. And... Iron Mask's response to this is that he does, like, a different thing. He does, like, a reverse power where he, like, shoots her own power back at her. Shoji, useless again, he says, like, oh, this guy's reverse attacks. Let's see if he can reverse my attack. He doesn't actually say that, but I'm sure that's what's going through his head. And sure enough, Iron Mask absolutely does. Like, Shoji launches off his special attack, and Iron Mask just flips it around and hits him with it. Yeah, which is uh, kind of the second time that has happened to Shoji yeah. in seven episodes. Right. Um, so they like... Excuse they call me. for backup. Right. They hop on the horn. The other Shoji... Or, uh, I'm sorry, Daigo and uh, Kazu show up. And, you know, like they show up. They're aura changed. They're on their bikes. They're fighting. Uh, it is not going well. Ryu, on the other hand, is still hanging out with his sister. They are at a subway station. Just waiting. Or just hanging out by the platform. And <laughs> he gets the Ryu, call. Ryu gets the call on his aura changer that something is going down and it requires his attention. And he just runs. He says, oh, the Goma, and runs away. Right. Now, what's great about this is that he's still with his sister. Right. right? And his sister is like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Which means that Ryu is in this weird limbo where he doesn't care enough about his secret identity to stop himself from just shouting obscenities about the Goma while, like, 
waiting for the train, but he does care enough that he hasn't told his own family, his only his living family. His only living there. family. I was just about to say that. He has no living relatives in the world. It's the one person who is, you know, related to him, and he has told her nothing. He, she has no clue what's going on. So he just leaves her waiting for the train and starts running. Now, he has to run all the way across town. I don't know why he doesn't just wait for the train. It's got because, to be faster. Because by the time he shows up, he's too late. Right. And he tried to run all the way across town. And he's super angry getting... about it. Yeah. You know what, Matt? I'm just, Real quickly, I want to make a promise to you, Matt. We sure. are brothers. Uh, I just want to let you know. I promise to you here and now, there's a public record of it. If, you know, heaven for friend, the rest of our family should die, and one of us, and I become a superhero, I will tell you. I will tell you about being part of an ancient and noble tradition of uh, superheroes. I would, I would share that with you. I appreciate that, Dave. I, I would do the same. I, well, thank you. Which makes both of us, I would say, better people than you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. There is... During this fight, there is like an actual story development thing that we should probably tell you about. Is oh, yeah. that Iron Mask uses... And you, you seem to recognize this. I didn't remember it. Iron Mask uses Yuryoku, which seems to be like evil tree power. This is the crazy thing. He also uses Kiryoku, which is like the Die Ranger's tree power. So this dude is drawn from both. He's like yeah, basically he has like light side and dark side powers. Yeah, he is like every Star Wars's nerd fan fiction Jedi character who's just like I draw from both sides of the Fourth. I had that character. I'm not. Like, let's be real. Everybody did. I everybody did, did. Yeah, everybody did. Because the dark side is... must be in balance. Right, because the dark side is like a hajillion times cooler than the light side. So anyways, but this dude does it. He has Kiryoku and Yuryoku, and he is fighting the rangers. <laughs> then he does, he does like a big stompy earthquake attack, right? And it opens a crack in the ground, and they all fall into the crack. Except they all fall in except Shoshi. <laughs> this is my fit. This is great. Uh, this is the thing where I said if you were disappointed that maybe Shoji isn't a complete jerk. Here it is. So <laughs> the crack opens. Everybody falls into the crack. Shoji is the only person who manages to get himself out. He's like hanging on the edge. And he looks down, sees Rin falling, says, hang on, Rin. And then jumps out of the crack, does not try to help anybody else, and attacks Iron Mask again. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, Shoji's moving in the right direction, but they are baby steps. Right, it's like, hang on, I'm going to save myself. You hold tight. I'm sure you'll be fine. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so he tries to fight Iron Mask. Iron Mask, like, knocks him away. Pulls out a sword, and then, then Matt, he does something really familiar. Oh, yeah, we've seen this before. Yeah, we have seen this move before. He uses his chi power to launch that blade straight at uh, Shoji's face. Exactly the same way that Kaku did it to Ryu in the first episode. Yeah, so maybe, maybe Kaku in, like, a moment of foresight, is like, listen, there will come a time where someone is going to use chi to launch a sword at your noggin, and you need to be prepared for that. And so that's why that's why that's the thing. Maybe it's all been preparation for this moment. For this one moment. For this, yeah. He, but you know what? Troji manages to pull it out. He does. Actually, he doesn't do anything. He sits there like a chump, and then we find out that Iron Mask missed him intentionally. So Shoji failed to learn that lesson. Listen, it's like I said, Shoji baby, is a... Uh, baby steps. He's a valuable member of his team, Dave. Right. <laughs> just, just wait for it. I, I believe you. I'm going to take that on faith, Matt. So the reason that he intentionally missed Shoji with the sword is that he wanted him to send a message along to Kaku, which is, hey, I'm Iron Mask. I've captured these other three dudes. Meet me at this quarry. At such and such a time, three or I will kill them. Three o'clock. If you are one minute late, they'll die. So, you know, be there or be square. That seemed, you know, three o'clock seems like a really lame time. Like, I challenge you to a duel at three o'clock in the afternoon. 
Like, come on, man. Pick like an appropriately sundown or like some appropriately dramatic time, like three o'clock in the afternoon. Nothing interesting happens at three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that's how you know it's being shot for television because the time they choose for the dramatic <laughs> duel is a time of day that is really easy to do, like shoot with natural light. <laughs> right, fair enough. Okay, so meet that... me at the time <laughs> before we need to start bringing out some lights. <laughs> The budget isn't in it for this episode. Dude, the budget's not in it for any episode. Has any part of this show over the past seven episodes happened at night any at all? I, um, I don't think it has. This entire show takes place during the day. There's like one scene of the key clown like invading a child's bedroom Oh, yeah, night. that's right. He is directly underneath the streetlight, though. So, you know, Tokyo General Electric picking up the tab for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, so scene cuts. And it's uh, it's Shoji and Ryu, and they are hanging out with Kaku in Murder Basement. And Kaku is like, oh, Iron Mask. I remember him. And we're like, what? So Kaku is giving them a history lesson. And here's the scoop on Iron Mask. Iron Mask used to be a Die Ranger. 6,000 years ago. I know, right? So... Yeah, this dude used to be a Dine Ranger. He sells the rest of the Dine Rangers out to the Goma for, like, ultimate power or whatever. And he By traps... the way, the name of this episode is Traitor. Right. Again, uh, Dine Ranger, not super subtle about the names. Although, actually, this was pretty good because I was concerned that maybe one of the Dine Rangers, there'd be, like, a mind control thing. And maybe one of the modern Dine Rangers would become a traitor. Oh, yeah. So I was not expecting that Iron Mask himself was a traitor. So that was actually, that was pretty cool. Well, good on Die Ranger. Yeah, this surprised me. Okay, so <laughs> Kaku's like, this dude is an old Die Ranger, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's Shoji is like, what? He survived from 6,000 years ago? Like, he's completely blown away. It's like As Shoji. Every enemy he's encountered right. in the last it's like, six and a half episodes have not been someone from 6,000 years ago. Everybody you meet is from 6,000 years ago, except the five dudes that are on your team right now. Everybody you fight is 6,000 years old. Why is this the one that you're like, what? That's so crazy. How could that have possibly happened? And so Ryu's really upset. He's like, oh, we need to go fight him. He's super angry. Kaku's like, yeah, follow me. This is so great. And Kaku, true to form, true to form, he follows his standard protocol, or, you know, his standard teaching practice as to how he instructs his students. Unnecessary mystery and abuse. And pointless abuse. So he's like, oh yeah, follow me, Ryu. <laughs> Brings him downstairs into like a sub-basement. We, which we did not know existed. And so it opens the door to what appears to be like a storage room. It says like, oh, go in here. Go, enter. He's like real serious about it. I like, I, I was fooled too. I was expecting something important to be in there. But what was actually in there was a bunch of boxes. And then Re Kaku shuts the door on Ryu, locks it, and says, stay there. <laughs> I, I want to go do this myself. <laughs> and then Shoji comes down. He's like, hey, yeah. what's up? We want to fight alongside you. Um, and all that Kaku says is, make sure Ryu doesn't get out of that room, and then just leaves. <laughs> just, again, man, unnecess unnecessary mystery and pointless abuse. <laughs> okay, so we, uh, there's a quick commercial break, we cut back, Shoji is guarding the door, Ryu's on the inside. And, uh, I want to be clear, Shoji is under strict orders from his mentor you know, Doshi Kaku, to not let Ryu out of this. <laughs> so Ryu is, of course, trying to, he's like, Shoji, you got to let me out. We got to go fight. <laughs> and his argument as to why, Matt, I don't know if you caught this. His argument as to why Shoji should let him out is he's like, when we were out last, not, at last time, I paid for your ramen and your coffee. You should totally let me out. Oh, I did catch that. And Shoji's counter-argument was that he had bought his own coffee. He paid for his own coffee. And I love that, according to Ryu's internal logic, like, <laughs> ramen and coffee is the price of betraying your teacher. Like, Shoji, Kaku told you to do something, but you did get bought ramen and coffee, so you should probably let me out. And so uh, Shoji does manage to hold fast for a while until Ryu throws like the simplest of ruses 
where he breaks like a glass, something made out of glass inside the room. Shoji, Shoji thinks he's trying to escape through the window, opens the door to run after him. Ryu's still in the room, knocks him out, makes fun of him for being an idiot, and then leaves. Oh, you know, speaking, Matt, of food and and uh, food and teachers, as a teacher, I cannot throw pizza parties for my students. How do you get them to do anything? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's obviously sort of, you know, specious. Like, you just, they do stuff. Anyways, we can bring in, like, food prizes, but they have to be healthy prizes. So there is no, there is no more can you be like, all right, guys, if everybody gets an A on the test, donuts on Friday. If everybody aces this test, salad bar on me. <laughs> yeah, salad bar. Uh, yeah, I, no pizza parties. You can't throw a pizza party. Dude, well, the pizza so, party is the best way to motivate anybody for anything. I remember even yeah. in my last job, like, we had a particularly good year, and the way we celebrated pizza with a party. bunch of adults was a pizza party. <laughs> Everybody loves pizza. It's so good. So if anybody out in the listener land, I guess, is a part of the Ohio State Congress or Senate, let's see if we can get, uh, let's see if we can get that taken care of. Also, we would accept sponsorship from anybody who makes pizza. Big fans. We would accept sponsorship actually in the form of pizza from anybody who makes pizza. I would be totally fine with that. Really? I just want a pizza. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely go for pizza right now. That sounds fantastic. Uh, okay, so anyways. Okay, so Ryu escapes and starts running after Kaku. Kaku has arrived at the quarry and he is facing down Iron Mask. They're just sort of, you know, staring yeah, at each other. Yeah, they're like squaring off, kung fu style. Like, they're each in, like, a stance, and they're, like, circling around each other. It's very dramatic. Uh, Kazu, Rin, and Daigo are all tied up to some stakes, sort of up on a cliff bluff. Yeah, I'm fairly certain, actually, it is the exact same cliff bluff that they used in the, uh, key, the key clown episode. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, I think they're filming it from a slightly different angle, but... Uh, there are only they might, so many. They might uh, be. I'm not totally sure that they are, but yeah. So there, these dudes are facing off. Kaku, Iron Mask. Kaku, Iron Mask. And when they show up, they have this whole talk about how Iron Mask betrayed them, but Iron Mask says, oh, but now I have the true power of the Kiryoku and the Yoriyoku. Oh, oh, Matt. He doesn't. Okay. There's a really key line here, man. Is that Kaku doesn't just say you betrayed them. Kaku says You betrayed, betrayed us. us. Which means Kaku is an original Die Ranger. What Kaku is also six thousand years yeah, old. Yeah, man, no wonder he's so tough. And he is super tough. So they get into this fight and they're just like throwing laser bolts at each other. And yeah, dude. Well, there's one spot right at the flying beginning. around. Yeah, there's one spot right at the beginning where they don't even show them fighting. They just do, like they just animate it. You just see like, um, like if you watch anime, you know, when it's like a bunch of dudes and they're moving really fast and they're fighting and you just see like blurs, like attacking each other and bouncing off. They do that. Yeah, but they like superimpose it over the footage of the car. Yeah. It's actually really no, cool. It looks super neat. So, yeah, these guys are like throwing lightning bolts. Uh, I think at one point Kaku uses like Dai Ryoku and he like picks up a bunch of rocks, not like physically, but like with the force effectively, and just like hurls them at Iron Mask. It's awesome. Yeah, and so he like throws a bunch of boulders at him and then, you know. Iron Mask does the sword throwy thing, but then of course Kaku also knows how to do the sword throwy thing. He just turns and it around on his him. chi to like stop it, turn around, and shoot it back. Uh, but eventually, Iron Mask does beat Kaku. Yeah, well, you know, he he's, throws some fire at he's him. He's a great Jedi man. He's got both sides. And uh, and as he's about to defeat Kaku, Ryu shows up. Right, he attacks. He aura changes, he attacks. And then he gets into a fight with Iron Mask. But the problem is that Ryu is way weaker than Kaku and loses pretty much immediately. Yeah, like, right? they, he, like, gets, he throws one shot and then it's over. And so he gets hit so hard that he gets knocked out of aura change. Which happens, and like... Iron Mask walks over. I thought that, by the way, was a thing that happened, like, every once in a while. It is not. It happens all the time. Apparently being aura change is, like, a really tenuous state. 
Oh yeah, like I, I feel like they're barely holding on to it because any time that they get like hit close to being knocked right, out, just boom immediately. Okay, any time that they get hit hard enough that they would need to change their facial expression for the camera, they unaura change. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We got Ryu. He's on Aura Changed. Iron Mask is like, oh, Kaku, your apprentice sucks. I'm going to kill you, but first I'm going to kill him. So he walks over, he raises his sword, he's about to kill them. And then Kaku says, stop. Bum, bum, bum. That boy is your son. Right, bringing the Darth Vader full circle. Yeah, and okay, this is what I was going to say early in the episode um, as part of the synopsis, and I'm glad you picked up on it. By the way, that's the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's, it ends on a cliffhanger. We'll get back to it next episode. Uh, these two episodes are just Die Ranger does Star Wars. Oh, really? Like, this continues? Oh, dude. Okay, I mean, there were even things like the High Priest is the Emperor. Right. He's even using, yeah, he's using, like, evil force lightning. That's he's, totally like, true. He's, like, throwing evil force lightning. Like, the evil Darth Vader character is his apprentice. Who started out good. He wears, like, a big robe. He's in charge of everybody. He started out good, and he turned to the dark side. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is just this really... And it becomes even more obvious next episode. But it's just this huge, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just doing <laughs> we're Star just Wars. We're just doing Star Wars. <laughs> That's great. It's really beautiful. And honestly, and, and this is something that I caught when I was watching it again. If you listen to the music, sometimes, and it's not just in this episode, but sometimes the Goma music sounds like... It's a little imperial? Um, like a little... It's a little imperial march. No, listen, boy. Yeah, I'll have to listen to it. I'll check that out next time. It's great. All right, man. Well, that's the episode. So, um, okay, so high points, low points, final thoughts? I tell you what, man, I uh, there was some goofy stuff in this episode. It was Die Ranger, but I kept looking for something to, like, really tear and do it about, like, something that was truly and deeply absurd. Uh, high point, this is actually just a legitimately good piece of television. Like, it was pretty rad. Yeah, dude, I mean, honestly, when... Like, Star Wars is good enough that if you just do a blatant Star Wars ripoff, you can't go, it's not going to be you bad. You can't go too wrong. So, yeah, that's my high point. I guess final thoughts is that I'm really looking forward to you seeing the next episode. Oh, because, yeah, man, me too. Man, it gets... If you think it was Star Wars adjacent now, wait until next episode. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, if somebody shows up with a lightsaber bar, I'm going to be real happy. Don't tell me. Don't tell me if they do. I'll find that out on my own. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die, Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. And if you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we mentioned on the show, or just talk to us, we're on Twitter at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review sections, there are five stars. Uh, please click on all of them. All five of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> really, uh, positive reviews and high ratings helps bump us up in the iTunes rankings, which helps other people find the show. And if you like it, uh, maybe other people will too. So... Right. Share, uh, share Super Sentai with your friends, friends. Uh, so once again, thank you for listening to Super Sentai Brothers. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>